0: Greetings. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. I'm sure you have undoubtedly heard or seen news regarding United States Senator from Arizona, John McCain, and his decision to discontinue further medical treatment for brain cancer, which he is suffering with. I'm not going to take the occasion of his nearing passing to speak more highly of him than I would if he were not nearing death, not to laud him, not to impute to him virtues which he does not have, and so on and so forth. However, it is, I think, important and necessary to note that he is a man that served his nation In war, honorably, faithfully, courageously, valiantly, nobly, in the tradition of his forebears, he is not a member of what is known as the greatest generation. And though that generation... is full of outstanding examples not only of heroism, valor, but godliness, godly virtue, honor, faithful, sacrifice, self-sacrifice for this nation and for family and loved ones. John McCain is the son of a member of that generation. I happen to think that John McCain was, has been a very poor U.S. Senator and has failed on so many counts. That being said, for the American people, A majority of the American people to have sided with, voted for, supported, selected Barack Hussein Obama and Joe Biden over John McCain. And Mrs. Palin is an indictment of this nation. Now, the choice that he made, the real politic choice that he made of his vice presidential candidate, I thought was stupendously stupid, even though politically there was a rhyme or reason to it. And it's not that I felt that she was a worse (laughs) person to have in the White House than Obama or Biden. Not so. But she simply wasn't deserving of that position. It made no sense except as a political stratagem or tactic. That being said, John McCain, despite having been, whatever you want to term him, a centrist Republican or a mainstream Republican or whatever, a progressive Republican, you know, one of those who fight for the right for women to be exploited, rapaciously by the exceedingly odious induced abortion racket and so many other things. He's so terrible on immigration and coming from Arizona. (laughs) Outrageous. But do you remember and expect that you do back when John McCain was campaigning for the Republican presidential nomination opposing george w bush they were running to become the republican presidential candidate do you remember what happened to john mccain in the carolinas courtesy of the george w bush campaign george w who made himself out to be a conservative, but who had not been conservative till that point in time. Which is not to say that he wasn't more conservative than his father, who was a member of the greatest generation, so-called George Herbert Walker Bush. But do you remember the dirty, dirty politics engaged in, committed against John McCain to deprive him of the nomination. Well, John McCain took that much better than a great many would have. Needless to say, vastly better than our current president would have. (laughs) To put it ever so mildly, to understate it, Ever so greatly. John McCain, to my surprise, has co-authored eight books during his public life. And when it comes to personal honor, integrity... Credibility, believability, what have you, I would take him any day over our incumbent president. Not his policies, but the man. And I find it extremely representative of our president to look at what he has said regarding John McCain. Not even going into what John McCain's policies have been, what his contribution has been as a U.S. Senator, but rather what he has said regarding the man, John McCain. He called John McCain, quote, not a war hero. Quote, He was a war hero because he was captured. I like people who weren't captured, said our president, end quote, said our president. Trump, what a remarkably, profoundly disgraceful comment from our president. He's made so many, but what a remarkably, breathtakingly, outrageously, Shameful comment by our president. I like people who weren't captured. So if you happen to be a Navy fighter pilot, a Marine fighter pilot, an Air Force pilot, who has flown 200 missions successfully, or you are a combat helicopter pilot, if you, if your aircraft then is shot down by exceedingly sophisticated Soviet anti-aircraft batteries, and you are wounded, injured gravely, and you spend five plus years in Viet Cong prisoners of war camp, being tortured, having everything thrown at you to break you and hold you up for propaganda purposes, not only because you are a United States pilot, but because your father is high-ranking military officer. John McCain's not the only son of a high-ranking officer that there has been that has served in battle, that has served in recent wars. He's not the only one who was nearly killed and taken prisoner. But interesting, our president, he prefers any and every member of the military that is deployed to a battlefront and that is never put in a position where they are powerless, helpless to keep from being taken prisoner. He prefers every one of them over these men who day in, day out, night in, night out, faced that grave danger, that jeopardy, not only of being killed in action, but of being shot down, and if they survived, if they survived in the air, if they survived on the ground, if they weren't murdered on the ground, would be taken prisoner and subjected to all manner of privations and tortures and treated hellishly. But our president prefers all of the others. Outstanding leader, commander-in-chief, just what you want, just the character, the wisdom, the understanding, the knowledge, the godly wisdom, the virtue that you want in your president. That being said, as I have said over and over and over and over and over again, Donald Trump was the only choice that we were given for president other than selecting evil, (laughs) outright evil. I'll take corrupt over evil. Hate to do it, but given that choice. But... Our president's disparagement of John McCain is the same as his disparagement of so many others. But the others that he is disparaged so egregiously, while they might be every bit as fine a people, speaking of these Republican presidential candidates seeking the Republican presidential nomination, who were defeated by Trump. While they may be every bit as good a people, as commendable, none of them had this record of honor and valor and self-sacrifice that John McCain had. And yet our president is so bold, you know, where angels fear to tread, fools rush in to disparage him. As if our president was doing great and godly things at that point in time in his life. I mean, as compared to just enriching himself and so forth. I'm sorry about what the senator from Arizona is now suffering, what he's been going through. He's had much suffering in his life. He's had great worldly success in his life. And again, as far as I'm concerned, his service in the U.S. Senate, while he may have conducted himself honorably in the sense of How he went about performing his service, doing his job, may have been commendable. What he chose in terms of positions and issues and legislative (laughs) bills, accomplishments, these are not things to be proud of, in my view. Donald Trump, our president, is, of course, attacking Jeff Sessions again. His attorney general, head of the Department of Justice, is being attacked horribly again. Why? (laughs) Why? Well, you know, our president is like a dog with a bone. I mean, something irks him, upsets him, gets under his skin, he cannot let it go. We saw that when he was running for president. You remember how many times, I mean, he just made a fool of himself. He just would go on and on and on, tweeting and tweeting and tweeting, late into the night, into the wee hours, day after day, diametrically contrary to his handlers, did himself all kinds of damage, showing his uh, presidential temperament. But so it is here with Jeff Sessions. He, I don't know, but Jeff Sessions is being made out to be a scapegoat. I understand the president is displeased, dissatisfied, very upset, and that's putting it extremely (laughs) gently regarding Jeff Sessions recusing himself and, And things going the way they've gone with regard to Robert Mueller being appointed and his investigation into possible collusion between the Trump presidential campaign and the Russian Federation. So I understand Trump's extreme displeasure over that, but to go on senselessly attacking Jeff Sessions, who is a good and honorable man who has done a great job as Attorney General, it certainly does not cast our president in a favorable light. And the things that he has said in interviews and tweeting concerning Jeff Sessions... As I mentioned before, he made this statement that what kind of a man is this? And Trump made this remarkable, dishonest <laughs> statement that I'm going to quote right now. The only reason I gave him the job was because I felt loyalty. He was an original supporter. He was on the campaign He knows there was no collusion and quote, the only reason I gave him the job, the only reason I appointed Jeff Sessions, Senator from Alabama, longtime Senator from Alabama and extremely early adopter for Trump who greatly helped Trump's campaign. The only reason was out of loyalty. So Trump didn't want him. He was not his kind of guy, even though those are things that he said when he appointed him, that he was, that he was outstanding, and so on and so forth. So the president lied when he appointed him, when he nominated him, when he appointed him. But (laughs) the only reason was loyalty. What hogwash. Absolute, utter, total lie. From our president. But it wasn't that at all. It's that Jeff Sessions was outstanding. And would do an outstanding job. And Trump needed some outstanding people in his administration. To lend him credibility. And gravitas. To show the way. To enable him to have a successful administration. A successful term in office. Oh, but he did it out of just the goodness of his heart. Right. First of all, he doesn't have goodness in his heart. Secondly, it's just a bald-faced lie. But, moving on. Our president, he has claimed that Jeff Sessions, quote, never took control of the Justice Department after being appointed Attorney General. Well, as you know, Jeff Sessions responded to that, that, quote, while I am Attorney General, the actions of the Department of Justice will not be improperly influenced by political considerations, end quote. Yes, it's possible that the president thought that he could manipulate Jeff Sessions. It's possible. He should have known better. He should have picked a less strong man, not just a less good man, honorable man, noble man, but a less strong man, a man with less strong principles and convictions than Jeff Sessions. Jeff Sessions said the following quote, I took control Of the Department of Justice the day I was sworn in. Which is why we have had unprecedented success at effectuating the president's agenda. End quote. Absolutely true. Attorney General Sessions has done a magnificent job as Attorney General. With one notable Exception in the president's view that he recused himself from this investigation. Interestingly enough, Rudy Giuliani, former mayor of New York City, apparently has done everything he can to steer our president away from firing Jeff Sessions. Has told him that it's not going to go well for the president if he does. I expect you may have heard or seen something regarding Kellyanne Conway's husband, George, who is a lawyer and a bright guy and a good guy. And I don't like his tweeting, I don't like tweeting. I I don't like Twitter. I mean, our leaders using Twitter as their go-to communication mechanism. I am just too old school for that. I am sorry. But it is just, I think, moronic. But I think those who are using Twitter so extensively for major communications should, over the years, have learned not to do that, not to use such means based on how things have gone with email. I'm not talking about some forensic non-paper trail. I'm talking about the matter of people putting things in emails off the top of their heads and shooting them out there and sending them to the wrong addresses and whatever all else. But saying things in emails that by the light of day they may wish they hadn't sent. The idea of just jotting down (laughs) or typing in this, that, and the other thing in a tweet here and a tweet there and a tweet, tweet everywhere, let alone in the wee hours of the night as our president is wont to do, as he is feverishly (laughs) upset or enraged about something is just ludicrous it is such terrible oh so terribly ill advised but anyway george conway he said the following quote what everyone should want and the country needs is a president capable of comprehending what it means to take care that the laws be faithfully executed, end quote. Hear, hear. But George tweeted that. George is considered to be a conservative lawyer. His wife, Kellyanne, conservative. Conservative. Not that she always dated conservatives back before they were married, but Kellyanne, very sharp woman, George, very sharp guy. They are a very intelligent, talented, successful couple. I expect that George is also Roman Catholic as Kelly is. Or I should say as Kellyanne is. But I knew of Kellyanne before she was married. And she was very successful in PR capacities and so forth. I know she feels great loyalty to our president. As far as his loyalty to her, he's loyal to people as long as he needs them, as long as they serve his purposes. And that's it. That's my take on this president. But back to something of great import here. But before I mention it, let me just say this. I'm Brad Thomas. And this is after all is said and done. And whatever is right and good and true and accurate in these programs is thanks to God Almighty and His Holy Son, Jesus, my Lord and Savior. Whatever's wrong, lacking, erring, failing is due to me. Well, Maine Senator Susan Collins, that progressive Republican woman senator who has had a charmed existence, she met with the Supreme Court nominee, Brett Kavanaugh. And she discussed Roe v. Wade with him, which should be discussed as a twofer, Roe v. Wade, Doe v. Bolton, which were both, the decisions of which were both creatively fashioned at the same time, same point in time, and collectively together, they created the legalized, induced abortion monstrosity damnable legality in this nation. But, dear Susan, she said following the announcement by Justice Anthony Kennedy, who was one of the presiding justices or judges on the supremely abominable Supreme Court, at the time that a case came before the Supreme Court to look at overturning Roe v. Wade, and he was the fifth vote in 1992 in that decision to uphold Roe v. Wade. But she said following Justice Kennedy's announcement of his soon-to-be retirement at that time, that she looks for judges who respect precedent. Quote, I view Roe v. Wade as being settled law. It's clearly precedent, and I always look for judges who respect precedent. End quote. A bald-faced lie. She only respects precedent when the precedent is going her way. When they are precedents that she likes. That's it. In case you're not aware, the precedent regarding induced abortion was against it. Utterly, totally against it. For the majority of the history of this nation. That precedent doesn't count. To dear old Susan Collins, the Honorable Susan Collins, Republican Senator Maine, the junior Republican Senator Maine. But she had this chit-chat, she had this tete a tete with Brett Kavanaugh, who strikes me as a weakling, a smart guy, a talented guy, a successful guy, but he strikes me as being a weakling, which is what we don't need on the Supreme Court, one more weakling. But we don't get weaklings when they're on the left. They're tough as nails. They are (laughs) vicious and ruthless and a few other things. But those to the right, (laughs) conservative, they are not the strong brand. No. They're the mushy middle. So, dear Susan, she said, quote, we talked about whether he considered Roe to be settled law. And he said, so this is she said, he said. He said that, meaning her statement, agreed with what Justice Roberts said at his nomination hearing, at which he said that it was settled law. Now again, this is all Susan Collins here. Not Brett Kavanaugh. This is all dear Susan. Who is this progressive, moderate, voice of reason, champion of this vicious, ruthless, maniacal, Horrendous, murderous, induced abortion racket. But who knows? Maybe dear Brett will be confirmed. If he is confirmed, apparently he's going to be worthless. But perhaps you saw something concerning Republican representative from California, Duncan Hunter, who's being investigated, accused of illegally using a quarter of a million dollars in campaign funds for personal use. Well, his wife has been his campaign manager um, throughout his career. And He he referenced that, that when he was serving overseas, when he was deployed, when he was serving in Iraq in 2003, that he gave her power of attorney. She handled my finances throughout my entire military career, and that continued on when I got into Congress, he said. And then she was also the campaign manager. So whatever she did, that'll be looked at too, I'm sure. But I didn't do it. He went on to say that many of the trips that are being investigated were fundraisers, fundraising trips. Quote, That's how we campaign and try to raise money, is by traveling, having dinners, meeting people, and raising more money. That's how people get to hear me and hear what I have to say, and they donate money, end quote. Absolutely true. Fundraising makes up a huge portion of campaigning. I took a lot of political training years and years ago, I was horrified <laughs> by what I was told, what everyone there was told, were the most important qualities for a candidate. Those that would be recruited to run for office. These two qualities were supreme. These two attributes trumped everything else. One, was that the person would sell themselves, promote themselves greatly. And two, they would raise money. Those were the qualities, the attributes that were sought after. Not whether they were honorable not whether they had outstanding character, not whether they were especially intelligent, let alone brilliant, not whether they were godly, not whether they had godly wisdom, not whether their desire was to make America better, not whether their passion was to serve this nation, to improve this nation, to roll back the evils that plague this nation, but to promote themselves and to raise money. I know that's, <laughs> that fits our current president to a T, doesn't it? But these fundraisers, they consume a great deal of money and resources in the interest of generating a great deal more. And Duncan Hunter is absolutely spot on in what he says there. But he is being hotly pursued. And dear old California Democrat representative, congressional leader for ever and a day, Nancy Pelosi, what does she want? She is urging... Paul Ryan, Speaker of the House Paul Ryan, she's doing everything in her power to pressure him to force Hunter to resign. Hmm, why would she be doing that? Does she have an axe to grind? Does she have a dog in this fight? Hmm, well, she's California representative. California is overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly dominated by Democrats. As far as at the congressional, U.S. congressional level, U.S. Senate level, and it has been forever and a day, governorship, not to mention state senators, state representatives, and, of course, judges. California Supreme Court judges, California Superior Court judges, and the list goes on. Not to mention the mayorships of the major cities. Los Angeles, San Francisco, San Diego, San Jose, everything else. Absolute stranglehold on California, which boasts of having the number five economy in the world right now. She wants Hunter forced to resign. Why is that? So the Democrats can take that seat. And so she can increase the Democrat numbers in the United States House of Representatives. It has nothing to do with guilt. It has nothing to do with wrongdoing. If these who are so zealously investigating Duncan Hunter would investigate all of the members of Congress... I guarantee you they would find wrongdoing by many. And so very many of those would be Democrats. I guarantee it. And I am by no means convinced of wrongdoing by this man or his campaign. But, you know, back in 2015, three years ago, just a tad over three years ago now, maybe three and a quarter years ago, there was a poll conducted. Yes, one of those myriad political polls. And it was commissioned by Wall Street Journal and NBC News. Now, Wall Street Journal used to be viewed as being conservative. I imagine it still is by some people. And NBC, of course, should never, ever, ever be viewed by anybody As being anything but what it is. But anyway, they asked certain questions regarding whom the American people would prefer for president. And it came out that more American voters or prospective voters or likely voters would prefer a sodomite male or a sodomite female, otherwise known as lesbian, as their president rather than an evangelical Christian. Outstanding. That's a measure of this nation. Now, mind you, these polls, as I've said before, figures lie and liars figure, and these polls are always just a tiny, tiny tiny subset and then it's extrapolated out to the general population or in this case to the population of likely voters and so on and so forth. So by no means is this absolutely conclusive. Nonetheless, it's telling that was more than three years ago. Palm Springs, Palm Springs, California I know last that I saw on it in reading, it was that Palm Springs was supposed to be somewhere between 30% to one-third sodomites, not visitors, but actual residents. And then that it attracted a great many visitors of the same kind because dear old Palm Springs It has all manner of exciting things there, including all of their sodomite pride activities. But what I saw most recently, here just this week, was that it was being claimed that Palm Springs now is comprised of almost one-half Of the population being sodomite females, sodomite males. Amazing. Outstanding. Now, I take these figures with a great deal of salt. Like a bucket load of salt. Because if you know anything about the sodomite activists, they have always lied and lied and lied. It's who they are. It's what they are. It's like their father before them, referring to... Jesus ref- who stated that Satan was the father of lies he was a liar and he was the father of it so forth and all of those who follow him and serve him which includes the sodomite community and i call it a community it's not even that but but lies from the beginning to the end back 30 years ago, their sales pitch was one in 10. They were claiming they had 10% of the population, which was interesting because they didn't even have anything near that in their capital at that time of San Francisco. Now that capital has shifted. There are great numbers of sodomites, great concentrations of them in Seattle, in Atlanta. And across the nation, certainly New Orleans, Orleans, Louisiana. But I thought this was fascinating. So now they're claiming to have half there. Well, perhaps it's true. <laughs> that doesn't bode well for Palm Springs. But the LGBTQ, also known as LGBTQA, It was LGBT, and then they, in a stroke of brazenness, added the Q, so L, lesbian, G, gay, B, bisexual, T, transgender, Q, queer, which they call themselves, proudly. But... Palm Springs. It boasts of more than 25 resorts that cater specifically to the sodomite so-called community. And all kinds, in addition to that, all kinds of sodomite bars and Nightclubs. It reminds me of this story, perhaps you saw it, about Alaska Airlines that I referred to a few programs ago. And there were a couple sodomites on one of the Alaska Airlines jets. One of them was asked to move. It was a couple guys, and there was a couple, a male and female couple that wanted to sit together. And lo and behold, one of these two, the older of the two... He's an owner of a sodomite bar in L.A., in uh, West Hollywood. But anyway, Alaska Airlines profusely has apologized for this terrible, egregious wrong that they committed in asking this sodomite so-called couple (laughs) to make way for an actual couple. Yes, I did say that now. Perhaps you've seen that the Chicago Cubs have acquired the services of Daniel Murphy. Daniel Murphy, who was with the New York Mets and then with the Washington Nationals and now with the Chicago Cubs. And I don't know where he started his career. Uh, Probably not with the Mets. Uh, So many of these players move around so much in free agency. But I thought this was fascinating, this... uh, person referred to daniel murphy and he said unfortunately daniel murphy is a person not just his numbers let me repeat that unfortunately daniel murphy is a person not just his numbers isn't that an interesting statement (laughs) well daniel murphy's gotten in trouble by disagreeing with the sodomite death style aka lifestyle And so he was asked, what would he have to say to the LGBTQA community, fans of the Chicago Cubs? And he said, quote, oh, dear, I would hope you would root for the Cubs, end quote. Not exactly a strong statement, okay? Not exactly something offensive and what have you, is it? Oh but that's terrible. That's terrible. No. And here this particular writer he said that Daniel should keep his thoughts to himself. He doesn't have any right to go offending people by speaking out against this LG BTQ or TBQ they they end up transposing it. Group of people out there. No. And the Chicago Cubs, what a great organization they are. They host two sodomite pride night events during the season. Isn't that outstanding? My, my, if that's not enough to make you a Chicago Cubs fan, I don't know what is. <laughs> Perhaps you saw about Demi Lovato and the latest uh, exciting. Events with her, well, she was on her tour, her Tell Me You Love Me tour, 25 years young, this young woman, who I've seen her advertisements for her line of athletic wear, you know, like Kate Hudson's, uh, but she has put her name and her stamp uh, to a competing line. But in any case, she overdosed. And with regard, and she survived, and she's in rehab again, and so on and so forth. But this one line caught my eye. And this is a partial quote. And this person said of Demi Lovato, quote, she was self-medicating with drugs like cocaine and alcohol, end quote. They were not criticizing this. They weren't damning it. They weren't saying, you know, this is horrible. They may have thought it wasn't the wisest thing to do or the best thing to do or the most advisable thing to do, but she was self-medicating with drugs like cocaine and alcohol. So we're going to combine cocaine and alcohol. We're going to put them in the same breath, say these are the same. These are both drugs. Well, this is what's being promoted out there in order to legalize illicit drugs like cocaine the same way that, of course, marijuana has been legalized and undoubtedly will be legalized nationwide ever so soon. Something to look forward to. But the She was self-medicating. Since when is boozing and using cocaine and mixing the two self-medicating? Breathtaking. Well, Hurricane Lane apparently is not going to be as catastrophic to Hawaii as it was feared that it would. But as far as catastrophes, there is fear that the big ones, speaking of a huge, enormous earthquake, chain of earthquakes, may be lining up to strike not just Southern California, Northern California, all of California, but the Pacific Rim, the Pacific Ring of Fire, where there have been 69 seismic events in a 48-hour period of time here several days ago. And of those, 53 of them were earthquakes, some of them (laughs) somewhat major. I imagine you saw the latest regarding Molly Tibbetts. And I just wanted to say again with regard to that, Every single solitary time that there is a kidnap, rape, murder, the destroyer that committed it should be, should be summarily executed and should be executed by hanging, and if not that, firing squad. That is the only way that there is a deterrent to this, and every time that a girl, that a young woman, that a young mother is kidnapped by strangers, the FBI should be on it instantly. But of course, we can't have that. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. Thank you.